Hello and good morning, everyone. Welcome to this week's incredible, hot off the presses, new episode of Breakfast with Boom. And of course, I am your host, Mr. Boomstick XL, and we have some incredible topics to fill your two hours this morning. Hopefully, if you are new to the program and you enjoy the banter, that you'll consider subscribing to the channel. Obviously, if you are already subscribed and you are enjoying today's program, at some point or another, I would suggest and kindly ask you that you hit the like button. And I do get scolded by many of the veterans of YouTube who tell me I don't ask for it enough. And that's because I trust my listeners to do that for me. Me. And again, it does help this channel grow. But I want to say good morning once again. Uh, we have some breaking news that we're going to get right into. Uh, hopefully, people are going to find it interesting enough. At least I certainly do. And I think it's going to be big for the industry. We also have um, Phil Spencer praising the DualSense controller. And for good reason. And I got to be honest with you. He actually got some slack from some people in the Xbox community. That toxic part that no one really likes to talk about now each of the divisions of gaming have them we've seen them in sony we've seen them in in xbox and now we've seen them in nintendo but the xbox uh, uh community that likes to be a little nasty had some choice words for phil spencer and i of course think that they were are 100 wrong we're also going to be talking about how Kojima, according to a rumor, has patched things up with Konami and is spearheading a new PlayStation 5 exclusive in Silent Hill. Now, is it going to be Silent Hills? I don't know, but we will get into that. And if we have time for one more topic, and we just might, we're going to be talking about how the Xbox community might be getting Forza Horizon 5 early in 2021 according to beat reporter jeff grubb of the verge um and uh, it is the verge right i'm gonna make sure i got that right um but yeah listen thanks so much for being here let's get into the introductions so we can start on these topics and we're gonna start with first our regular panel of superstars and number one is crispy bomb crispy you have been up to your eyeballs in customers thankfully you're 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 chilling you're you're, you're off today and you're just going to talk about video games how the heck are you oh good to be back boom uh what is up chat yes grab your coffee we got we got breaking news this it's been a while, I think, since uh, PWB had had breaking news, but mm -hmm. it used to be a regular thing. Like every time I was on, it was like <laughs> breaking news. Yes, but yeah, we're, I'm ready to go. I got my coffee. Let's do it. Yeah, well, thanks so much for being here, and we definitely appreciate uh, you taking the time to hang out with us. Next up, you know him as the voice from Breaking Bread with Dread. Please welcome Dreadpool. How the heck are you, my friend? Good morning, everyone. I like the last intro I did last week, so I'm going to keep going here. I didn't have make any bacon, but guess what? I made some <laughs> Tostino's pizza because I wanted those Call of Duty points. Huh? Well, listen, good on you for making Tostino's pizza at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. I, you have a cast iron stomach. I had a bowl of basic four because, of course, I am watching my weights. Um, but, uh, yeah, thanks so much for being here, Dread. Next up, our resident platinum professional known as BitCloud Gaming. Dude, you've been hard at work grinding away at Demon Souls. I can't even get up to the first boss. How the heck are you? Yes, sir. New Game Plus is kicking my 
Woof, you already know. <laughs> but <laughs> I almost done with it. Almost done. But uh, it's good to be here. Yeah, well, listen, uh, congratulations for having the patience and skill, because, of course, you are much younger than I am, so your skill level is probably much higher. And someone, I believe this is the first time he's making his appearance. He is a part of the Xbox Factor podcast. He is an award-winning artist. Please welcome 3-Bit. What's going on, dude? Good morning, everyone. I, I've been pretty great. i never done a show this early, but I'm <laughs> glad to make my first appearance on the Breakfast with Boom show. So hope everyone's doing great. Well, listen, it's great to have you. I appreciate you. You reached out to me late last night. And of course, just literally before I was ready to hit the hay, because um, I just I can't stay up like I used to. And I really wanted to play some of Immortals Phoenix Rising, which is amazing, by the way. Uh, it looks a lot like Fortnite uh, to, to some extent, but it plays like a Ubisoft game, which is something I dig. And speaking of Fortnite, we're gonna dive right into the first topic of the of the of the let me say the, of the night of the morning. Look, here's the thing: I'm not admittedly a Fortnite player, though I have to say I respect everything Epic Games does with that. They constantly update it. They are constantly making changes to make it better for the player base. And one of the things that we have seen out of Fortnite is the collaborations. Uh, we have seen some of the most incredible characters in movies, in pop culture, in gaming, in sports join Fortnite. I mean, it, it, it's almost unprecedented on who they have had join the, the, the fight. I mean, look, here, here's just some of the, the, the people that have joined uh, and some of the, the, the uh, IPs that have found their way to Fortnite. Now, besides Marvel and DC, which are just loaded with incredible characters, you've had Star Wars, you've had Disney, you've had the NFL, you've had Stranger Things, Borderlands, John Wick, folks. John Wick has joined the fight. But today... We're going to be talking about something that not only made me interested, I don't think I'm the only one. And again, like I said in the opening, admittedly, I don't play Fortnite. I respect them, what they do. I love that the fact that it has so many players and so many, and, and, the, and the player range is from kids all the way up to old bastards like myself, right? So 50, 50 55, 60-year-old people are playing Fortnite, and they're enjoying it just the same. Um but yesterday, uh, we got word that not only was Sony's Kratos joining, which there was an opening, which was pretty dope, by the way. Um, and obviously, Kratos is from God of War, uh, uh, 2018's Game of the Year for many, uh, and he has joined the fight. But the biggest, I think, the, even a bigger announcement is the fact, and I take nothing away from Kratos because he's one of my favorite Sony characters of all time. But we have word that Master Chief, that's right, Master Chief from the Halo universe, along with the Pelican, along with the, uh, the Quad, and all of the weapons that you know and love from the Halo universe, will be joining Fortnite. Uh, and it's basically official. Uh, we've seen leaked screenshots of everything coming to Season 5 uh, with these two characters. And what Epic Games has done 
is get someone like me who has no interest in the game, right? I Again, I respect them for what they do, but it's just kind of not my bag, so to speak. Uh, I am not only going to drop down some coin on the PlayStation 5 version to get the Kratos skin. Even though this cross-play, I think you still have to do the seasons, or at least that's how I think it is. And I will be dropping money down to get Master Chief. And on top of Master Chief and Kratos, you're getting the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda. It is just, I mean, when you when you sit back and you look at something, and someone in the uh, in, in in the panel mentioned it, and I'll go to them in a second about how this is very reminiscent of Smash Brothers, right? In in a way, because Smash Brothers has characters, of course, from Nintendo, but they also have characters from across many planes of games in the universe, like Street Fighter like Castlevania. I mean, I could just go on and on about, about how incredible that game is. But we're talking Fortnite, and we're going to continue to push that envelope. Um, and I want to go to our, one, uh, the, the, our first panel member. And, you know, three-bit, three I want to go to you first. And the reason why I go to you first, not only are you our special guest, um, but we do have um, something that it feels like deja vu. Yesterday, you and I were talking about... Uh, along with the panel from the Xbox Factor podcast on how, and again, this is my opinion, folks, uh, in order for Master Chief, in order for Halo Infinite, in order for Microsoft to bring in new players, but more specifically younger players, I believe in my heart of hearts, from a businessman's perspective, from a gamer's perspective, that a battle royale mode must be a part of Halo Infinite's multiplayer. And I say that with respect to the opinions of 343. Uh, but I think that they are leaving not only money, but fans on the table if they don't, and I hate to use the word cater to the game space. Right now, free to play, multiplayer, PvP, Battle Royale games are the, all the rage. And some people don't like them. I'm one of them. I just don't play them. It's not that I don't like them. They're just not my bag. But there are millions and millions of people that will. And in order to get something like Project X Cloud to become mainstream usage and getting Xbox into everyone's house one way or another, I think this is the way you do it. But then, of course, live on the air yesterday, breaking news, Master Chief going into Fortnite, uh, 3-Bit, for you as a gamer, as an artist, as someone that has seen both sides of the coin, both the business aspect and from a player's point of view, how big of a deal are these characters going into Fortnite? It's a pretty big deal. Uh, it, it also makes me wonder if um, this was supposed to coincide with the Halo Infinite release. And Maybe. Have, have yeah. like a promotional... Um, materials so that some some of the fans of Fortnite can look at master chief and be like oh what is he from you know um so it, it does make me wonder but uh, yeah i was actually playing late last night before i got off and i was slaughtered by a kratos uh, who shotgunned me and started doing the the carlton dance on top of my <laughs> spectated corpse so uh that was interesting it. and uh it's, it's a really awesome thing to see i'm in the same space as boom where i'm not really super interested in Fortnite, but you really have to appreciate Epic's 
collaborations with Marvel, DC, and now Sony and Microsoft. And uh, I think it's it's just it's just really cool that they are adding these skins and it and it's very much sort of reminiscent of smash bros or, or something of that regard we have all these amazing characters all in one game um so it, maybe you're not a fan of marvel which is crazy to me but <laughs> maybe you're not a fan of marvel but you're you're a fan of star wars and that will appease you and, and this is something that definitely appeases me because i'm a huge fan of the halo series and I, I do believe that can bring a huge um, uh, other side uh, of players to to Halo for sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's 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 awesome. Yeah, it, it again, it's one of those collaborations that some people will say, "Well, you kind of saw that coming." I'm going to be honest with you, I did not. Uh, I can see Star Wars. I can see films like John Wick. Uh, getting a character, uh, getting his likeness put in there because, you know, they're promoting the film. But to have, first of all, to have Halo now, uh, to have Kratos, who who has uh, God of War 2 coming out, and they said next year, I, I don't think that's going to be the case uh, because I don't even know if we're going to get Horizon, uh, you know, Forbidden West because of COVID. Uh, I, I don't I don't see getting God of War for at least to the end of maybe 2022 uh, holiday, if that. And, and that's just my opinion. But to have Kratos and um, Master Chief join the fight, it is pretty, pretty epic. Let, let, let's go to um, go to Crispy Bomb. Now, Crispy, listen, for you, you're a multiplayer kind of a guy. But I don't know and I actually don't think that uh, Fortnite is your bag. You're, you're, you, are, you like the violence and the chainsaw cutting of Gears. That's, that's you know, you're a Gears professional. Uh, but for you... Looking at looking at this from a business perspective, uh, especially looking at how Microsoft wants to be in the know of everyone that games, right? They want to hit two billion gamers in one way or another. Now, they're not going to sell two billion Xbox Series X or S's. That that is pretty much a guarantee. Um, but one of the biggest aspects of Project X Cloud is to reach who. The people that play on their tablets, that play on their phones, and that will easily sit with a little laptop in front of them and play their game. And having that option is big. Getting Master Chief into the world's biggest game potentially could bring in new customers, but more importantly, new players uh, to the Halo franchise, which should see a launch hopefully next year. What are your thoughts on how big of a deal this is for Microsoft? It's for Microsoft. It's a big deal for Fortnite. They're just uh, they're doing the same thing, just trying to inject new life into you know uh, an IP that continues to give them money, and you know being free to play, they have to find out find ways to do it. And here's one of them. I mean, I'm sure everybody's uh, everybody's happy about these characters coming in that that actually plays the game. For me personally, it's not my thing. Right. Uh, you know, I like I like shooters that you don't build stuff in front of um <laughs> you know it's just it's a mechanic that i just uh, i can't grasp so i mean regardless of this being great for the people that play it or the people that are interested in it and play it once in a while for me you you can't even put marcus phoenix in there and i'm not gonna play it i'm sorry it's just it's it's one of those games that is is a very you know singular thing like it's a battle royale but 
there's a lot of other elements that don't make me feel like it's a true battle royale. Now everybody gotcha. says, you know, I mean, like I'm I'm more of like a PUBG, like you know, like PUBG is more or less like if you're in the right spot, if you're if you're doing like the right things, you could be at the end circle, and and it has nothing to do with uh, imaginary walls coming up out of nowhere, <laughs> you know. So, you know, for me, I'm really I could care less, but you have to understand that, you know, Halo is a very old franchise at this point compared to many, you know, and, and even like you look at Kratos, I mean, God of War has been around for so long, you know, for us, they, these are beloved characters, but for somebody that's like between 13 and, 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 you know, younger years old might not know. So why not throw it in a game that you can play on your fridge? <laughs> it's quite yeah. funny. Like, I mean, you put that there, and then maybe they they love because I mean it's a natural for Master Chief to be there because you know it's a shooter and and he you know is regarded as the king of shooters. I mean, to this day, I think still most people that have grown up like us think of Halo when you think of a first person shooter. So now you you see him in a third person aspect and you say, wow, like this guy is impressive. You know what I mean? And and these kids might gravitate towards that that suit and everything else about it. And then you go and say, oh, wait, well, you know, you're playing that Fortnite on your phone. You know, we, we got a new game coming out. Uh, hopefully, you know, exactly. Next year. Yes. It's called yes. Halo yes. Infinite. It's called Halo Infinite. And and yeah, yeah, this guy is the star of that show there. You know what I mean? And and these kids, you know, they, if they don't know, they're going to find out because they're going to be like, what is this imposing you know, he, like he's got this suit on, and like you know, you know, children are, are very easily influenced by what they're seeing. And you know, if they've never played Halo, they've never seen something like that. So I, I think it's a big deal for Microsoft. I, I do believe that this was probably going to coincide with Halo Infinite, but why not have it out there? You got it out there for a period of time. I, I'm glad that they stuck with what they stuck with because you already made these commitments. If you pulled back now you'd probably look worse so just just go with it and and you know you got you got master chief's face out there and and then when we get closer we get an actual date i think people are going to start getting hyped up because there's been a lot of you know a lot of advertisements a lot of you know guest appearances stuff like that so you know i think i think these this younger generation might be a little uh a little more interested than they would have been even if it came out now Hey, first of all, uh, well, first of all, great point. Second of all, Joe, welcome to the program. I thought you weren't going to be here. You weren't feeling good, and you got your second wind. Oh, we can't hear you, Joe. We can't hear you. One second. Here it. we go. There I'm he goes. Hey, yeah. welcome to the show, hey. Joe. Hey, I don't feel good, but you know what? It is what it is. Show must go on. Well, so I, I appreciate you being you. here. And you know something? I'm glad that you're here because we are talking Kratos. We are talking Master Chief. And we yeah. are talking almost deja vu to yesterday's uh, you know, Ooh. topic that you and I and, of course, 3-Bit and the rest of the team at uh, the Xbox Factor podcast on Thursdays at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're talking about how we thought, at least I thought, the yeah. importance of Halo uh, Infinite potentially potentially having a Battle Royale mode, not an entire game, just a mode added to what makes Halo great online. And it turns out that we have Kratos and the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda and, of course, the mecha of all characters, the Master Chief joining Fortnite in a very big way. And I say this because someone like me who has no interest in the game, 
who has only played about about two to three hours in my life of Fortnite, will be dropping money down to get Kratos, will be dropping money down to get Master Chief. My question to you is how big of a deal from a marketing point of view, because I want you to put your marketing hat on. We know that you're very good at that. And we also know that Um, Halo, we were saying right before you got here, Master Chief, even Kratos, they're they're important to us, but they're older characters. And Fortnite is a younger generation. If they could get the people to enjoy these characters, when God of War 2 comes out, you're going to get potentially more sales. But more importantly, when you get... Uh, uh, Halo Infinite to release next year, and it does in fact have a battle royale mode. We could see new players, more importantly, younger players, come over to Xbox. What are your thoughts? Um, I don't think. Ooh, my dog started barking. I don't know if you could. If that. No, we can't hear. Thankfully, oh, yeah. good. Um, I think. Uh, I think it's a big deal. More for Fortnite because what I saw when I was playing last night almost got a few dubs. I'm still getting the rust off, <laughs> but it's happening. Um, is that Fortnite is? I mean, it's it is in it. It's it's part of the mainstream, you know, uh, like ethos at this point. So the one thing that I saw when I when I bought Kratos last night is he's part of the legendary video game character pack or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and and so when I'm thinking of in Fortnite's case, they're very much trying to Super Smash Brothers. Uh, My God, that's what Three Bit said. <laughs> oh, really? Yo, what up? Yeah, they're very much trying to do that. They they like you know no no doubt we're going to see Master Chief uh, either at the Game Awards or literally announced on Monday. Um, there's no doubt that we might even get a Nintendo character. But they won't allow Mario to you know, hold a gun. Sadly, <laughs> how amazing that would be! That would be kind of dope. But you, could, but you could get Link in there. You could get Link in there. I'm thinking uh, the rumor on the street is uh, is Samus because it's the 30th anniversary. Oh, of. that's so smart, dude! Wow. Yeah. So like, and I I could get it. She has a hand cannon. So like, oh, that's pretty much a gun. So who knows if we could get Nintendo on board? But it would be poetic if they did. So, you know, on, on Fortnite's case, it's shown that they can market anything. Like, the first game I think they've actually marketed was Borderlands 3. Yes. Um, so, like, you're just seeing them kind of reach out and 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 even do even more marketing. This The, the Fortnite at this point is just a marketing machine. It is, um, indeed. So, yeah. like, they're, they're getting you with all the nostalgia. They got you with Ghostbusters, Marvel, uh, now the Mando, and... Uh, yeah, so I'm 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 excited to see what other characters they have in the future. But as it's you know what I what I'm excited to see from from the Master Chief, it's something what Crispy Bomb uh, spoke to. So I'll just add to it is yeah, like you know, a gaming legends. That's that's what the the category is called. Like Master Chief is a gaming legend, but he is old. And yeah. mm-hmm. the one thing that we're all all scared of is is with a franchise going getting old and we're always worried about it stagnating and it it kind of fading in relevance and so you know how do you how do you combat that well yeah you you put him in the most popular ip right now that is fortnite and um it is crazy to see people playing on nintendo switch 
and then also at the same time playing as Kratos on yes. Fortnite. Yes. Some person's like, I feel like I'm breaking the law. <laughs> I was trying to get there. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Yeah. You know and, what? You know what this, you know, this calls for? Listen, I understand that? we all have our preferences, right? Sure. I prefer Xbox first. You prefer prefer PlayStation first. Yeah. And, and you know what? That's okay. What's great? What's fantastic to see? Is exactly what you just painted the picture, and and I and I actually put a tweet out. This I said, in what freaking universe can we have John Wick running with Batman and have Kratos and the Master Chief? Oh, and by the way, Baby Yoda in tow in yeah. the same game, all laughing and having a good time. It's yeah. it's it, it. Listen again, I understand Fortnite, and again, I and admittedly, it's not my thing. But I will be dropping coin down to get these legends. I will be throwing my hat in the ring. I will suck like most, like Joe. I'm going to get executed, no problem. It's fine. But you know something? All of these characters in one game cross play across different platforms. It's almost something of magic. It's like something yeah. that if you talked about this 10 years ago, they would have committed you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, that said, um, if you want Kratos, y'all, you gotta get him today, and then he goes away. So <gasps> okay, I'm going head I'm, he I'm heading over to go get my Kratos <laughs> as soon as the uh, as soon as the show is done. Damn, we yeah. still have enough time. Up. There's also what well, a lot of people have been talking about this as well. So Kratos has like um has like the gold armor set from the game as well mm. that you get uh, you unlock it if you're playing on a PlayStation Five. Okay. So I'm wondering to see get that phone. Don't worry, I'll vamp for you. I'm curious to see. Uh, if the Master Chief will have something similar of like, hey, you know, you get like the grapple hook, like attachment or like, like cosmetic or something. <laughs> yeah, like the bubble shield or something like with the 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 if you're playing on the Xbox Series X. I, I'm I'm curious to see if they do anything like that. I don't know if you guys think they'll do anything like that, but I mean it, it was yeah. it was like to your point of Nintendo uh going in and possibly not adding um Different character. The Samus point was a really good point. That actually, <laughs> that, that's a brilliant yeah. point, and I that hope that brilliant. they take your your advice on that because that is the one character, Joe. That I got can another be brilliant there. idea. Yeah. <laughs> that is, this is true. This is true. You know, Dreadpool. Let's get Dreadpool's opinion on this. Dreadpool, you came into the show all fired up, and I hope that's because you're excited for, of course, the topics. This particular one. Again, it's not going to jive with everyone, and I get it. I get, Fortnite's not for everyone, but man. For me, sometimes franchises are become so big and so in your face, it's literally hard to ignore for you looking at what they've done and how important bringing Master Chief into the mainstream view of younger gamers. Is this a big deal for Microsoft? Okay, well, there you go. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a huge deal. You know, we, we, we've talked about this in the background. Um, this is like a, it's it's smart marketing, right? I mean, yeah. didn't I also talk about this last week? You know, Xbox playing on PlayStation, play, PlayStation playing on Nintendo, Nintendo playing on Xbox? Yep. Mm -hmm. Didn't we talk about this? Did it, did they listen to me? Because I'm, I'm shocked that this is actually happening. This is awesome. This is the same thing like Disney Infinity, okay? And I know it's not for everybody. It's a kiddie thing. But guess what? Those figures, the way they, they were able to cross them over between Marvel, all, all the different Star Wars platforms, and the Disney IPs was because they were toys, right? 
They can mm -hmm. use the same logic here. It's not part of your universe, but it's part of the Fortnite universe, you know? So bring them on over. It gets some advertising. It gets some <laughs> headspace. It gets the, the, the kids that aren't into Star Wars or God of War for whatever. I don't know why, but you know what I mean? But even Halo, you know, so, some kids are into it, but they're, they're more into this, right? So it gets them that knowledge of, hey, look, you know, I get to play this. This guy, you know, this guy's pretty cool, but you know what? He's got his own game. Maybe we'll go there and check out that game. You know, I heard a lot of people talking about it. Maybe I'll check it out. You know, so it, it's it's smart move. I mean, we've talked about this before with Marvel. I mean, I missed out on the Deadpool one, but uh, I don't want to miss out on this one, especially now that I know that uh, Kratos is limited time. So, uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's really good. It's smart. I mean, who doesn't want to be able to team up, you know, and, and just like, could you imagine not knowing what was going on and you're just so focused on this and you're just playing the game and all of a sudden you see, you know, Kratos on the left of you and Master Chief on the right and John Wick dead center just going at you. You know what I mean? It's and I've, I've, I'm not a Fortnite player when it comes to building. Like, if we do no building, yeah, let's go out and play. You know, let's go out and have some fun. But when it comes to building, I, I'm trash. Yeah. You know. yeah, I mean, listen, again, the building thing is only for me if I've only ever done it to block bullets that are coming my way <laughs> and, and try and get away from someone chasing me. You know what I'm saying? So I, I'm not good at the building. You know, let, let's uh, let, let's close out this opening topic again. Not the biggest topic of the show, because we have a couple of other big ones I want to get into. But Mr. Bed, uh, Mr. Bad Bit, um, BitCloud, let's uh, let's get your opinion on this. Obviously, you know, from from a PlayStation fans perspective, having Kratos in there is cool. The opening, uh, you know, CG, uh, you know, little short that they had was pretty dope, in my opinion. But I want you to kind of attack this from a Microsoft's because we we know Sony is already mainstream, right? Sony is already making money with PlayStation Four, with PlayStation Five, PlayStation VR. They have a great fan base. Microsoft is doing good things. Uh, in fact, they're doing great things with two different consoles. Um, their marketing has been really, really strong. But now we see the Master Chief, their main dude, their flagship IP in the biggest game in the universe. How big of a deal is this? Also, that's a uh, big deal for him. Too bad, though. I'm, I'm, I feel, I feel for him honestly that they couldn't get Master Chief like out there with the console. Yeah, game. yeah. Mm -hmm. You clearly see they put all their eggs in that basket, even with their main uh, marketing. It's, ah, it's a shame. But no, it's good for them in general. If you go back and uh, look at uh, other games, like, for example, like a Tekken. I think we talked about this last time I was on here, too. Uh, Tekken 7 has, uh, what was it? Um, Tekken 7 has Street Fighter characters. It has the Walking Dead characters. It has um, uh, uh, King of Fighters. Yes. So that yeah. more games are getting more recognition and having guest characters. I don't see that going away anytime soon. So that's cool that they actually got Kratos in there. The question is, and I agree with Joe, is Nintendo going to jump on board and you're going to see even more characters join this? That and would be dope. Yeah, because uh, Fortnite, like, even though it's not my cup of tea, it's not my type of game, right? Fortnite always seems to get these insane guest characters. Like last time they had Batman, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, they sure did. They sure did. So, I mean, people buy into this stuff. So, I mean, hey, they, they're going to continue to do, I guess, the best they can do. When it comes to Master Chief, though, I ain't going to lie. That will be a big deal. And the same thing would be saying or said for Samus if they can get him as well. Yeah. Oh, that would be uh, if they can if they can get Samus 
and have the trifecta, in my opinion, of Samus, who is an epic character, Master Chief and Kratos in Fortnite at the same time. It, it's just... Yeah. It's stuff of legends, folks. It is stuff um, of legends. Their balancing is really, really good because then they have also uh, Thanos in the game too from the MCU. Yeah, yes, they had. Thanos oh yeah, yeah. The they had Thanos. They had Galactus. Which Galactus, yes. The they, Galactus event had 15 million players wow. concur- concurrently, which means there was 15 million people at, at at like one o'clock that day playing this event. People skipped work. To play this event, dude, that's so, crazy. So Battle Royal is not popular, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, dude, no, no, it's no, no, so dead. It's a dying breed. It's a dying <laughs> breed. Probably, yeah, but I think um, I don't know. I just think Fortnite's untouched when it comes to it, right. Like you always see these games have their own variants. It's never as big as what Fortnite does. Even with like um, that event they did with the black hole, camera that like, was like oh, a black hole cool. in the sky. Yeah. yeah, everybody just showed up for it. I mean, t- they know what they're doing, so. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's it's pretty impressive um, what they've been up to and how they they've figured out. I mean, they've they've kept this game relevant, uh, obviously with the updates that they do. Right, they do a tremendous amount of updates, but on top of that, just just keeping pop culture at the forefront uh, on top of very very solid play mechanics. Uh, it is it's pretty freaking impressive, but. I want to move on to a big topic, uh, and I hope everyone opened uh, enjoyed the opening salvo for today's show. Uh, but I want to catch up on some of the outstanding super chats. We've had a big one just pop in. Uh, first of all, Smitty Smith, a very generous friend of the show, he drops an outstanding and very generous five dollars super chat and says, "Thank you for bringing us another fantastic episode of Breakfast with Boom, the Book of X." Well, thank you, brother. Certainly appreciate the generosity as always, and I'm glad you are enjoying the program. Doggy Dog, another generous friend of the show, he drops. A two dollars of chat and says, "Thanks for all you do, Boom. You're awesome, will do. Thank you so much, brother. And you are awesome as well because without people to listen like yourself, like Smitty, and so many others, there's no show. So thank you so much for that, uh, Kasi thirteen hundred. Another generous friend of the show. He drops an outstanding five dollars of chat and says, "Finally got into the live. Love the shows. Hope everyone is good. Well, thank you, Kasi. Hopefully you are doing well uh, as well, uh, Texas." East Alex, East Texas Alex drops a very generous $5 super chat. Alex, I hope that you're well. He says this. Good morning, everyone. Happy Friday. Indeed, happy Friday. Thank you, Boom, for all of the great work and positive news you bring the community. Cyberpunk is almost here. Yes, folks, Cyberpunk is only six days away. That is pretty crazy. Uh, and I have the collector's edition, which I don't know if I'm going to do an unboxing. I probably might, though. That, I think that's that's one you have to unbox. Uh, we also have Kasi. Oh, Kasi1300 drops an additional very generous $2 super chat and says, Epic accounts didn't allow Xbox and PS to link. That's weird. Um, but we will definitely check that out. And the big bomb today is from someone that recently got his series x and he's enjoying it uh, and i want to thank him for his outs ridiculous generosity and he does it once again with an outstanding 50 dollars who chance says my son can't wait he loves fortnite and i introduced him to halo and he played and beat all five by himself oh dude that's awesome he says thank you for all that you do and the great panel and you keep bringing good a good uh good job keep up the good work and happy holidays everyone will do thank you so much uh very i definitely appreciate the very generous super chat but 
Here's one of the topics that I, I think is going to be a very diversive one. And it involves both PlayStation and Xbox. And, you know, when talking about controllers in the, uh, the modern era of gaming, Nintendo has always kind of done things differently. They've always walked to their own beat of their own drum. Um, and Microsoft, you know, when they first started out, they had the Duke, uh, which was a massive controller. Uh, I happen to like it because I got big mitts, but for most people, it was gross. And of course, during the OG Xbox, they came out with, this, uh, with the S version, which was a more streamlined version. Actually, the, the, the start of the perfect controller known as the Xbox One controller. Now, that depends on who you ask. I mean, uh, you know, everyone has their preference. But, you know, we can't forget Sony. Now, in 1995, Sony released the PlayStation 1 here in the U.S., and it was the first time players used a side-by-side -side analog stick design. And, of course, we've seen iterations uh, all the way back to the PlayStation 2. Uh, where they added Rumble. The PlayStation 3 had the, in my opinion, the worst design with the somehow angled triggers i i don't know what they, what they were thinking so, when they did that. Uh, uh, the delegation just chimed in they say do not dare speak of what shall not be named and they allowed me to say it just once uh don't don't please do not mention the six access or the dualshock 3 okay well they, okay well i'm glad you mentioned this at least i won't get a, a lawsuit yeah. in the mail uh, so thank yeah, you for yeah, that yeah. and of course the playstation 4 <laughs> version of the dual dualshock uh was a much better controller uh, a, a little lighter a little lighter but they added something uh, that was revolutionary, uh, one that I think uh, that we've seen Nintendo copy, and we've also seen, um, of course, Microsoft follow suit and copy, and that is the share button. And the share button is to share your game media. And, of course, in the social media aspect of the world that we live in, everybody wants to show their favorite clips and their still pictures of their said favorite game. But then, on the 12th of November... PlayStation released the PS5, and even though I still do not like the design of the console, I gotta say that, at least in my personal opinion, the DualSense controller is by far my favorite PlayStation controller of all time, and it is for a lot of reasons. It is has a nice weight to it. It looks sharp. I know a lot of people don't like the white look to it. I happen to really enjoy that, even though when the black version comes out, I will buy that as well. Um, I like the share button where it is. I like the um, microphone. I do like that. I, li I like the fact that sound does come out of it. Um, I do like the touchpad. I I've always enjoyed that on, of course, the PS4 controller. But the haptic triggers are the real deal and i say that as someone who when i first pl played miles morales and Sackboy, they didn't take advantage of it but then then i played astrobot's playroom which i platinumed and i'm proud to say that i did uh and my god this is where i think microsoft needs to advance the in my opinion the world's greatest controller and i think that they might be doing that but i'm not the only one that has been talking about this controller. As a matter of fact, in a story that I pulled from one of my favorite gaming sites to pull stories from, Gaming Bolt, uh, this particular topic has been burning up social media uh, right before the Thanksgiving holiday. 
and head of Xbox, Phil Spencer, had some very positive things to say about the PS5 DualSense. And as a matter of fact, here is what he had to say in an interview with The Verge that's, that obviously says that he is a fan of the new controller. Now, here is his exact words. He says this, I applaud what they did with the controller. Not actually for, well, I shouldn't say not for the specifics of the controller, but more than just the specifics of the controller. I think for all of us in the industry, we should learn from each other and, and then and the innovation that we will all push on, whether it's distribution of business models like Game Pass or controller tech or the Wii back in the day, we clearly said which clearly had an impact on us when we went off and did connect and Sony did the move. Now, because I call it uh, so, so obviously this is what he had. To, that, that's what Phil Spencer had to say. He praised the controller. And kind of like what I said in the opening, uh, and I was a little disappointed. And again, these are people I normally don't follow. So, of course, they got the, the big block hand when I saw this. Is there were a lot of negative comments towards Phil Spencer for praising the DualSense, which I think is preposterous. I think that if you are a confident platform, I think if you are a confident businessman or woman, you can praise your competition and then take something that they've done that people like and put it on your platform slash controller. And I mean, we've seen each one take it. I mean, listen, I, Sony will never admit this. At least I don't think they will. And I, I'm going to go to Joe first on this. The Dual Sense feels very, very reminiscent of holding an Xbox controller, even though the analog sticks are not offset, which is the way I like to play. But uh, Joe, for you, um, do you, what, what are your thoughts on the people giving Phil Spencer a, like slack on social media about actually praising a controller that has done some new things and in fact doing them well? Yeah, I don't care about those people. What I do care about is what Phil Spencer said, which is uh, praise, praising the DualShock for the adapter triggers and the haptics, which, like, yeah, I, I, I'm totally there with you. I, I think, first and foremost, the Xbox controller is definitely the most ergonomic controller. I think uh, prior to this generation, I really need to get way more hours into each controller. Uh, but, like, so far, you know, the Xbox One controller or the Elite 2 controller um, though y'all screwed me on that, uh, <laughs> is the most comfortable controller there is, right? There's no debating that. And, you know, it, it comes down to personal taste and what you're comfortable to in terms of like, do you like offset sticks or not? For me, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, the stick could be in any which place. I'm still going to be really good at it. A uh, humble brag. So I think what, um, I think one issue that I see a lot of people talk about in terms of the series X and it's, it's, it's funny because like I was having a conversation with someone who owns both and their kid plays Fortnite. And prior to this generation starting the, the kid was just all up in that Xbox goodness. Um, but then once the PlayStation five came out, the kid has been addicted to Fortnite on PS5. He made the switch over. And the reason is, is, you know, power and everything is, is one thing. Fortnite looks beautiful on both consoles, but it is the adaptive triggers. 
It is the haptic feedback. Um, those things are really selling people. Once you get to experience it, you're like, oh shit, I don't, I don't want this anywhere else. Like that's why right now at, at this point in time, just a month in very early, but I am preferring my dual sense over my Xbox uh, series controller for the first time ever, strictly because of the haptic strictly because when I'm, when I'm on my Xbox, I feel like I'm missing something. Uh, you know, I'm missing that haptic. I'm missing the, the adaptive triggers. So like, I think Phil Spencer is onto something where, um, I think we can all, and, and I think he kind of alludes to it. He's like, we can all take some uh, notes from this. Uh, very much maybe hope, hopefully, um, giving us some type of uh, idea that maybe Xbox is, is going to lean into this direction as well, because I do think both of those things are a game changer. And I think when we take a look at the share button as well, when it comes to making a lot more risks, uh, Sony either nails it or they, or they fall flat on their face. So, like, when we take a look at the share button, uh, Xbox eventually hopped on that as well, because I think that is the most important feature on any controller, being able to share it. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I think I think haptics and the adaptive triggerness, um, those, those features will be coming to more places uh, hopefully soon, because my whole thing is, like, you know, I don't go, oh, point one for Sony, point one for xbox it's really more for me of like i just want this feature everywhere so it's supported everywhere and that more developers take advantage of it which means that the feature just gets better over time so um good on you and it's also really nice to hear uh someone on the other side um other side like it's a fucking t but like you know it's it's kind of like if if you know uh, <laughs> tim apple uh went out there and uh and you know complimented google you know what i mean like oh yeah they got a great search engine it's it's kind of nice to see the the dumb competitiveness kind of uh <laughs> you know be be swept out of the swept out of the way of just like maybe maybe we can compliment each other kind of like how shuhei like posted the pick of of his xbox series like you know maybe remind people it's about games and not about where you fucking lay your head it's just it's maybe we're all having fun together that's the that should be the main gist of it you know yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. You know something? I mean, listen, there's there's a, there's a lot to like from both controllers. I, and I, I don't understand why people have a problem admitting that. I, I think it's perfectly okay to say that you like both controllers. I, I happen to enjoy both controllers equally, surprisingly enough. And, and, and a, lot of a lot of that has to do with something... Uh, that is new to gaming uh, that we've seen, you know, iterations of it over the years, but the haptic triggers, they're, they're the real deal. Uh, and, and I really hope that uh, Microsoft, and I know that a good friend of the show, um, oh my God, his name escapes me. Uh, Kirby Zero Louise had said something in one of our chats a couple of weeks ago that Microsoft had a patent for haptic, uh, haptic triggers since 2018. Uh, and then he, oh, yeah. Yeah, th th he suggested that they didn't go with it maybe because of its durability. Now, I, I don't well, know. I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah. It, I, so in, in, in response to that, companies make these patents all the time. They like, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Xbox has this technology already. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, I mean, like you have it on your phone when when you when you have the 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 double click on your phone that's a haptic feedback so like even like when 
uh, Steve Jobs talked about iPhone and iPad. He had an iPad in, in, in I think, like 2003. So, like, this technology is always laid around. It's just actually when they implement it and how they implement it. Yeah, the yeah. controllers, they already have haptic uh, triggers yep. uh, or impulse triggers, I think it's called. Yeah, impulse, yes. And yes. Uh, not a lot of games use it. That's the that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I, I, like I said, uh, for someone who is uh, in love with uh, the Aloy character, uh, with that world that Horizon Zero Dawn was brought to us uh, in, I believe it was 2017, um, I am looking forward to seeing what that uh, developer does with more specifically her bow uh, for uh, the Forbidden West, which is, again, supposedly going to release next year. And I think that uh, it's safe to assume that most first-party games from uh, Sony will take advantage. Uh, I, 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 it, it's going to be interesting to see if some third party uh big big like like you know big games take advantage of it i don't know if that's going to be the case i hope it does for people who are going to specifically play on a ps5 uh yeah. but you know uh, you know bit, bit cloud let, let's get you in on the conversation you know hearing phil's comments you know we, we again phil a lot of people look at his nice guy mantra as a, as a weakness. And I, and of course you've heard me say this before. I disagree 1000%. I think that you can be a great businessman and be a good guy at the same time. Uh, and, and, and he, and he plays that, uh, those cards very well. Uh, I think that the people that came out to somehow throw sling mud at him because he praised the dual, a dual sense. You're just, you're just dumb. Uh, and you just don't get it. Um, yeah. And um, what, what are your thoughts on his comments, his compliments, more importantly? But what about the people, the detractors of him praising Sony for this? Yeah. So the people who got a problem with him saying, oh, DualSense is great. Uh, do yourself a favor. Don't call yourself a gamer. Okay. Hello. There you go. Just do that for one thing. Second of all, it's going to have like, again, if you played with the DualSense, if you actually had the control in your hand, you would see why he praised it. It's a big like it's a big upgrade from ps4 if you play demon souls um that's like the first like close example of like how bow and arrows connect uh yes mm -hmm. you, yeah there's bow and arrows in that game and what that happens is okay so the left trigger <laughs> might not actually have no tension on it but that right trigger will like the controller will legit lock and get tension i like, have tensions on it it's really really crazy yeah. how there's like this feeling that when you let go it's like a hair weird, like like, like, like you're actually yeah. pulling the notch it's back. Cool. It's really fucking cool, yeah. Yeah, and and the the crazy thing about it is so seamless how it happens. Like Spider Man Remastered, for example, there is the um, parts where you do the you know the um, Doctor Octavius mini games. Yes, the, yeah. the legit the controller legit does this on cue the moment you get into the Octavius uh, mini a little um. You know, those little mini games, the controller like uh, locks them on place. And it's it's insane how it does it. And what I like about this, too, and I kind of do hope that this goes to other platforms in the future, because this is something that needs to be a standard in games. Honestly, it's really, really immersive how they've done this. They made yeah. the situation that much better. So, yeah, I agree with Phil. It's a good controller to the people who have a problem with it. 
Well, I don't know what to really say. About yeah, this, man. you know, good friend of the show, Philly Eagle, uh, actually says the DualSense uh, controller is the most comfortable PlayStation controller yeah. by far. He says though the uh, you know, the trigger locking is annoying though. Now, yeah, if you don't the, like um, it, here's the other thing: you can limit how how stressful you want it, or you just yeah. eliminate it completely. Yeah, That's interesting. I, I didn't even know that. Here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of accessory um, or um, there's a lot of um, adjustment type. I, of, you know, like, yeah, well, you know, one of the things that I, I want to bring into the conversation and I want to go to Crispy Bomb on this, because obviously, Crispy, you you are someone that plays on an Xbox. So you obviously enjoy the controller and because you are a multiplayer uh, and you like the competitive aspect of it. Uh, one of the things that I find almost a bit head scratching, and this is a little off kilter, um, is that we have become accustomed as Xbox first gamers on how good the uh, the Xbox series uh, controller is. And, and, and the series um, X and S controller, or just the series controller, is a definite step up from the regular Xbox One controller. And why is that? Well, they added the share button. The whole back part of the controller is textured. Um, it does have better latency. There, there are a lot of little things that go unnoticed because you're used to this type of controller, so you understand that it is quality. One of the biggest things that annoyed me, especially with the uh, with mainstream media, is that yes, they praise the Dual Sense and 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 in rights they should because it is a fantastic controller, but they somehow ho hummed the um xbox series controller because it didn't it, it, i guess suppose innovate enough for them but it's doing things that are not really being talked about and that's the latency aspect that is of course the new d uh, the new d-pad uh, which a lot of people don't like because it's loud but it's still a dope d-pad but getting back to the the crux of the conversation you know one of the things that i i love about the industry is when someone does something in, impressive like for instance uh when gears 5 was released and I, I bring this to you specifically because you're our gears guy Corey barlog who is one of my favorite developers because of his interaction with the fans i mean again sorry joe he's not your friend but you know next time we have drinks i'll bring you along so don't worry um <laughs> poor joe uh but he praised the team at the coalition and and he and he was like, I'm playing Gears Five, and it is amazing. So when I see stuff like that, I get excited as a gamer because you know what? At the end of the day, we may have opinions about one console or the other, but these are all developers, and they all respect and know each other. But what are your thoughts on the people somehow again slinging mud at Phil Spencer for praising the Dual Sense? Isn't it incredible that like? No matter what Phil does lately, it's just not it's not right. And then somebody's got to say something stupid. And it's just like, you know, do you have a life? Is is do you actually play games? I wonder about some of these people. No. I'll answer that question now. <laughs> Good job, Joe. Good job. <laughs> it's like, you know, and and you know, uh and and boomstick has, has seen this, you know, uh being a moderator on many, many channels, you see the the craziness, like. You know, you go to a you go to a you know a chat that's uh, Xbox centric, and you got some PlayStation fanboy, and I call them a fanboy that is constantly talking ish about Xbox. Well, number one, you guys have great games over there. Why aren't you playing them? 
Number and two, why are you here? <laughs> number two, why are Man, you streaming here? I see less people streaming these games. Yeah. And, and you know what? I, I just, if you're on Twitter to talk about games and not actually play them, then you're not even a gamer, in my opinion. So, yeah. you know, that's what Phil is. Phil is a gamer. And if something is good, he will say it's good. Like, we all do. Like, I haven't used the DualSense yet. I'm not a fan of the PlayStation controller, you know, in general because of the way the stick layout is. Okay, yeah. and I, I've had I've had major problems over the years because I, I I religiously were playing PlayStation Two, PlayStation One, where I would I would get hand cramps. And it's not because the controller was a little smaller than what it is now. No, it's, it's, it's the because, side by side nature yeah, of the of the sticks. Yeah, when mm-hmm. I'm moving my thumbs for some reason, when they're right next to each other, I start getting hand cramps, and it's about after like two to three hours. Now, now for example. I, me personally, like innovation, I already have it. Like I have the the elite uh, version two, so I, I already have probably as much innovation as you could possibly have. But somehow PlayStation brought an innovation that's not really in that. We have rumble triggers on there, but that's it. You know, so they they brought something in there that is different. Now, me personally, if I was both of these companies, I would have thought about putting two paddles on the back to give everybody that that experience that hasn't had it yet because you know those paddles really come into play when especially when you're playing competitive games at this point yeah you know they're it, it's it's almost like i have to have it now so you know i i was looking for something like that unfortunately we didn't see it and and, and you know xbox i can see why they didn't do it they're trying to sell you the elite version two and then they're going to probably bring out the version three with a lower latency and a few little quirks but you never know they might pull that back and say hey we're going to add those that haptic feedback on the triggers and, and as long as i'm able to turn it on or off i'm not going to have a problem with it i think it's a great thing um, but I'm sure some gamers are like, uh, I don't know if I want that. You know what I mean? So it, it's it's one of those things like, are these games going to use it? Um, yeah. You know, and I think that's why, you know, we haven't seen Xbox go into VR. He wants they want to see a, a huge adoption of this, a, a reason to to bring out this technology and use it. And so, I mean, hey, for what I got to say is PlayStation is, is trying to pave paved the way. And this is innovation. I mean, competition is innovation, but you can't. You know, if Phil sat there and said, oh, this sucks. I mean, you know, it, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, no matter what the guy says, you can't do anything right in some people's eyes. And I just don't get it. And it's a shame that people have this, this you know, tribalistic mentality. It's just. He actually crazy. just talked about that, too. He he actually dis- detests that, that exactly what you just said, the tribalistic mentality. He really dislikes it. And, and you know, for example, okay, I'm a Chiefs fan. And, you know, I know people that are Raiders fans. We bust each other's chops, but we're not out there like, you know, with pitchforks, like, get out of here. You know what I mean? Like, I I just, I I don't get, I think, I think, you know, at this point with social media and everybody at home, there's just too many people with too much time on their hands. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. That's that's actually a pretty damn good point. We've seen a real uh, increase in, um, toxicity uh towards especially like podcasting uh, we had a guy this morning i'm not even gonna mention his name because he's a effing something man i don't know what happened <laughs> um, I, I, I listen folks you understand the, the good guy nature that you see that you hear you don't see you because i'm really hardly on camera that you hear that's real life folks 
I'm not good of a guy. And I don't say that to put myself on a pedestal. I enjoy doing good things for good people. I really do. It makes me feel good as a person. So I hate banning people. It actually bothers me. I know it shouldn't, but my good guy nature doesn't like doing stuff like that. And I had to do that on several people on Twitter, several people on YouTube, because they just don't know when to get it. And I think that is exactly the point. I think uh, you're really onto something, Crispy, where people are home and they just really have way too much time on their hands and they just don't well, know how to handle it. Yeah, and if I could just speak to it like sure. just real, real fast and hop on that point, it's like, you know, people listen, hey gang, people were assholes before the internet, right? Like we didn't need to be stuck at home to see <laughs> to see our worst demons uh take over us. We all do things we regret. Like like today I, I snapped at a family member because they don't like how I yelled at the dog. He like, said, Come inside. You know what I mean? We have all those moments that that we we're ashamed of, but at the same exact time. Uh, when it comes to these, these these folks out there, you really just gotta ignore them. You just gotta you just gotta move aside. I know you know from what I understand, there is some talk within certain um, you know industry uh, um, companies out there of let's um, let's kind of stop the console war ish like treat like like not even yeah trying to eliminate any type of like. You know, they really want to preach more console agnosticity rather. I don't know if I just invented a word, but like more console agnostic or gaming agnostic rather than, you know, promoting one brand over the other. Uh, because a lot of people are just sick of these people that, like, if you think you're making Xbox look good, they all talk shit about you. So, like, honestly, goodness, like, that's the God's honest truth. <laughs> like, wow. like the, the gaming industry is very small. They see those comments and then, and even if you're like an Xbox you know, fanboy or a Sony fanboy, those companies probably have you blocked if you're if you're toxic, and so yeah. you're not doing anyone favors, not even yourself. You know, I, I agree. So, well, I definitely appreciate that uh, adding to the uh, the banter. Dreadpool, for you, we know that Phil Spencer uh, loves Xbox, he, he, and he saved it. He uh, people could talk all they want. He literally saved Xbox. Um, with that said, though, um, he uh, he praises uh, the dual sense because as a gamer, he appreciates the advancements in technology that Sony has brought to the table with their new controller. Uh, are you surprised by the reception that he received by some gamers on the Xbox community? No, not surprised at all. You know, people I've said it before. People love to hate on Microsoft. And it's transitioned down to the Xbox. They just love to hate it for whatever reason. It's 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 like a lifestyle. It's not even a game anymore. It's a lifestyle for these people. There's no other life for them, you know. And the thing is, Phil is a gamer through and through, just like we all are. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you, me, boom, we grew up. I don't, you know, I know the other guys haven't really had a, the arcade. Yeah. Um, oh man, I remember. Up. I well, yeah. when you didn't have a console, but you had an arcade, mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. was a difference. You know what I mean? So yeah. when you grow up like that and, and there wasn't, uh, yeah, you had a preferred console because that was the console you only had. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then you always went to your friend's house because they got the other console and they came into your house because of that. You know what I mean? So you guys were gamers, you're friends. You know, yeah, you might, you know, diss each other a little bit like, yeah, I got Mario, but I got Sonic, you know. It, it, but you still were friends, you know, you you could, <laughs> you know, um, walk away 
you know, with a disagreement, but still walk away and you, and you're right back over next door the next day and, and playing, you know what I mean? It didn't matter. And that's the way we should be, you know, Phil, he's a nice guy, right? But what, don't you forget that, you know, when you speak softly, you carry a large stick. Exactly. Yes, I talk about that all the time. Business, when it comes to business, I mean, look at where they're at now because he, he was given something that was falling apart, you know, but at the same time, he grew up gaming. He was in all this tech. I mean, look where he's at now. Right. So it's not like it's this. He's a CEO that never dealt with any of this stuff in the first place. Right. He didn't just, uh, oh, you know, I'm an Excel guy, you know, and, and worked on spreadsheets. And here I am now I'm running a, a, a gaming company. Uh, company that i don't understand anything about and i would just want to tank it because i want to get out of from this but you know remember that mentality where do we yeah. end up with right this guy has been around gaming he's been around tech he's been around all this stuff um you don't think you're going to appreciate good tech when you see it you know so for him to give a compliment to a, a controller even if it's a rival company it's it's still tech that you can appreciate no matter what you know granted for myself, like Crispy said, you know, you get hand cramps. You know, I get hand cramps too. You know, I'm sitting there playing thumb wars with myself when I'm playing on the console, you know, on, on the controller. But real reality, am I really playing thumb wars? No, it's an exaggeration. You know what I mean? It's it's not hating on it. It's just saying that I, it just doesn't feel right because this is how it feels like I'm being. You know, where the offset feels better, but that's a preference. Some guys can't stand that offset. You know, and why do we have to hate on it? Just enjoy it. You know, hey, this this technology that they put in here was great and it's useful. Yeah. Did they have it back in 2013? Yes. They used it for Forza 5. Yes, they did. So, yep. so think yeah, about the that. motor triggers. Those the like motor, those were cool triggers. Yeah, it was yeah. cool. But did they use it? No. Are we going to see these haptic feedback from from Sony and other games? We don't know. It just depends on the implementation. Right now, it's the new tech. It's something that they're putting in and backing. Right? Are they? Did they back the Vita? Where's that? Where's the PSP? Where's the Vita? Where's all the stuff that they were supposed to be backing? They backed out for whatever reason. They made a choice to back out of it. Now they need to support it, and hopefully, others will support it too. You know, there, there's a lot of things that happen in the background that no one sees, but they just want to sit there and point fingers, right? Like you guys said, do I ever see these guys that, that call all this crap out? No, you don't see them streaming anything. You don't see them doing this. They're too busy playing on Twitter, pointing <laughs> fingers at each other. Well, that and like those people don't really real talk. Those people don't have audiences. Like, no. like nobody really wants to hear that. They game right. Twitter. That's it. Yeah, that's that's their it. Game. Yeah. You know, Oh, look at me. I'm bored. Okay, I get it. You know, you're bored. You want to complain about something. You know, you're. It's. It, what are you senile? You know what I mean. I got nothing to do, so I'm going to cause a whole bunch of crap for everybody else. Versus, you know what? That's not for me. But I could see where this is actually a good thing. You know, for somebody else. You know, yeah. didn't they make fun of the, um, the, um, the Microsoft controller that they put out for? Um, Oh, you're talking about the adaptive controller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there were people that actually did that, and hopefully everyone blocked them because you're an idiot if you if you think so. I'll say exactly. that right, right live on the air. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? There, there's so much. Yeah. Are you going to play it? No. Let somebody else enjoy gaming too. 
why why jump on her throat like that? You see, and that's that's the whole thing. At least Phil was man enough to step up and say, you know what? I like the controller. Yeah. You know, you know, but everybody else has to sit there and do the tribalism thing that we've already talked about and sit there and bash. Why bash? Just move on. It's not for you. Move yeah, if on. it's not your thing, then why even comment? That, that that that's always been my thing. Like, listen, why I don't was know. It? I was I was taught very early on. My, my my mom used to tell me, if you don't have nothing nice to if you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. I don't know if people learned that lesson. I know that I did because if I get if I said something nasty, my, my my mother would whack me in the mouth. So yeah, I learned quick that you don't say stuff you're not supposed to say. Yeah. Um, if it if it's if it's not affecting you personally in a bad way does it really matter not really why, why, no. why express all this extra energy for nothing yeah no i i absolutely agree and that's a, again a great point why spend the energy go go work out or something take off 10 pounds that would definitely help uh let, let's move i want to do um want to get um three bits opinion and then we're going to move on to another big sony topic that i think everyone's going to enjoy um Three bit. Listen, Phil Spencer praises this controller, and for good reason. I love that he did it. I love that he talked about because he could have just went up during that Verge interview and talked about Xbox, but he didn't. He talked about his competitors and what they're doing and what he enjoyed about what they're doing. And I think that really makes him a great leader for Xbox. What are your thoughts on it, dude? Uh, yeah. So just to touch a little bit on Andre's point, I, I think social media in general is one of the <laughs> worst forms of communication uh for sure um but i'm personally not a fan of any playstation controller besides the dual sense that was the, like uh, i honestly couldn't stand the ps3 controller the ps4's controller was, was way better um and not to say i didn't have a good time playing on, on these uh controllers or, or playing the, on the game i'm just not a fan of playstation's smaller symmetrical uh controllers um and in my opinion, the, it's the best controller Sony has made so far. I really like the Dual Sense. It's a great evolution from its predecessors, and I'm really impressed with the haptics. And um, and people are, are getting really angry and, and salty over Phil's comments. I saw that too <laughs> about the Dual Sense. Um, and just really hardens the small fanboy view some people have. Uh, and it's fine to prefer a system over the other, but I'd say to people to try to separate what is actually relevant and uh phil spencer in general is just a fan of gaming and, and people have to realize that these companies are borrowing off of each other all the time <laughs> xbox and playstation are communicating with each other quite frequently for example sony just made a deal with microsoft to use their azure cloud services for the ps5 to improve their network stability these these companies don't care that you're defending the, their box like on twitter you know so to, and, and just to point out one situation where you say Microsoft is stealing from Sony is is, is hypocritical because you'd be ignoring the fact that that these companies are constantly um, being inspired by each other, or, or the fact that Sony's inspiration for for the DualSense seems influenced by the Xbox controller, and or um, yes, indeed. And you'd also be ignoring the fact that the Sony Trophy system is inspired by the Xbox Achievement system from the 360 era. So, that, so you want to, to that's just you know, just basically the 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 fans on Twitter, just the little Twitter fingers. 
Um, and, very little Twitter finger. <laughs> I like to think of a person with very small, maybe Barbie-like hands. Just, yeah, that's kind I, of love I love it. Yeah, and um, and and to me, uh, I feel what, what the Xbox brand to me is is right now. It, the Xbox brand to me means accessibility and the ease of access playing these games. And with that being said, these with these companies borrowing off of each other. The Xbox did have the haptic feedback features, um, so maybe for the Elite Series Three, <laughs> they could uh, add some inspiration from the DualSense, which would be kind of cool. Um, and uh, I really do hope. My my initial hope is, I do really hope that these developers actually end up using the haptic features in the future, like they do with, yeah. like they do in Astrobot, right? And um. And it, historically, those features are supported near launch and die down over time. Um, like the Xbox had the the triggers, like he was saying for Forza Horizon, then it was in nothing else. So I'm hoping by Sony pushing these features, it'll inspire Microsoft to do the same. And then on top of that, I hope developers support it because it all comes down to developing. For, for you, 3-Bit, uh, since you're a developer, you know this. The, yeah. the one thing I've heard, I just want to know if it's there's truth to it, is Sony incentivizes people to you or, or certain devs to use that, for example, Call of Duty um, uses it really well. So, like, they'll actually incentivize it by, you know, uh, cutting you a bigger... A bigger check saying, well, you know what, if you do, if you do this, we'll alleviate some of the, the budget costs here in, in, in X, Y, or Z. Is that, is that more accurate as well? Yeah, I think that that can be compared to sort of like dev kits in general, right? Yeah. Like, like you'll get a PlayStation dev kit and then you get an Xbox dev kit. They, it, you're targeting different things for sure. And mm. then um, both companies are giving you the support they, that, they they need essentially um mm. especially bigger companies right so i know sony is for sure talking to these companies like hey i'm going to give you the support with this dev kit on how to um properly do these uh rumble functions rumble functions for the haptic feedback and, and all this different stuff so they're, they're for sure talking to each other but it's all about uh if the developer sees sees it it's worth it because at the end of the day um it, it it it's sort of like the uh when they first announced that the um that the new features with the ui the playstation 5 where you can have the videos right for the achievements to, to figure out if you can actually pass this part um like on a level that re that requires um like a whole other level of of developers and qa and and, and having developers spend time outside of the development to just focus on that you know so i sort of put it in that category where uh yes it's it's very uh cool <laughs> that these developers can um do all these rumble functions or that with with the achievements that you can get or trophies that you can get on the sony um you can have like a video that shows you how to do um that certain section but how important is that to the development and right. um it, and is it is it worth it so that's where i'm worried that developers won't see it where it's not worth it because they're already spending thousands of hours on, on making the game optimized <laughs> yeah. um 
and it, it really comes down to making it the standard for both Xbox and PlayStation. Because once it becomes the standard, um, then awesome. Both both yeah. both companies will do it. You know, so all right, awesome. Thank you, thank you for shedding the light. Yeah, yeah, yeah def- definitely, <laughs> definitely appreciate the behind the scenes stuff. We don't normally get that, and I'm glad that you're a part of the program to give us the uh, the update. But listen, I want to move on to uh, a. a a pretty big topic, at least in my opinion. But before I do, I really want to catch up with some of these outstanding super chats. First of all, Kasi thirteen hundred drops an additional and very generous two dollars super chat. Says just checked, I can buy Kratos on the Xbox Fortnite. That is kind of <laughs> dope. Doesn't that just make you laugh? I mean, that oh, is really cool. hilarious that you could, and vice versa, when Master Chief becomes available on your PlayStation Five, buy the uh, Master Chief character. I mean, that is kind of fun. Uh, Eagles fan 76, a very generous friend of the show. He drops a $10 super chat and says, Being an Xbox gamer, I never had the want to hold the dual shock. Once I held the dual sense, it felt natural. But to get even more support for haptics, we need Xbox to adapt it. Then Absolutely. third party, yeah, third, he says, then third party will most likely support it. So hopefully, Microsoft does potentially bring haptic triggers. Now, I don't know if you want to lock that behind a, an elite controller. I don't, I'd like to see that come to their all of their controllers, specifically the elite, because the elite 3.0, I would imagine, is something they're working on. But I, I, I don't want to see that feature locked behind just the elite because those elites are expensive. Uh, and I think that, uh, I don't know if they can add them through um, an update, uh, you know, to the controllers. Can they add uh, the haptic? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. It would have to be like a, a hardware update. It, okay, so it would like be. New, new, yeah, you probably knew uh, new controllers. Like, okay, so it would be new controllers. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> Bando Fox, generous friend of the show, he drops an outstanding $2 super chat and says, Xbox and Sony should make a console together. My God. <laughs> I don't know if that would ever happen, but that would be kind of dope if they did. Uh, Bando Fox drops another outstanding $2 super chat says, out delivering Xboxes with no day off since Thanksgiving. Oh, dude, I'm sorry to hear that, but... I mean, uh, take a break. At least take some time for gaming. But thank you for listening to the show, Bando. Uh, Eagles fan 76 drops an additional and very generous $5 super chat and says, these D-bags, you check their Twitter. Half them don't even have, uh, don't own one of the consoles. No pictures showing nothing but trash. Certified trolls. Yeah, that's why you just block and you keep it moving. Um, Viper XT, another generous friend of the show, he drops. An outstanding $5 super chat and says, Chief mocap actor, actor Bruce Thomas says, Halo Infinite is ready to go for this spring. Really? Yeah, really? well, usually, usually uh, mocap is done uh, kind of midway through. Three bit, you can help us out here. Development. So, like, mocaps, usually they're, they're, they're done. Yeah, right. I would say like early, I would imagine. Yeah, I'll say in, early to midway. Midway, if uh, if maybe they reshoots additional, yeah, reshoots and stuff like that. But pretty early um, in development. Every every game has a different pipeline for sure, um, and how they decide to structure things. But yeah. Well, that's going to be very interesting to see if they do release it. Because listen, I I, I think that it's it's safe to say that the perfect way to bring in Master Chief would be on the 15th of November, um, which would make the 20th anniversary. 
Though, if the game is ready, you don't have to wait. And I would, I, I would encourage Microsoft not to wait for that day. Do something, do something special. Put out a, a special controller, uh, mm-hmm. a, you know, a special see-through console, whatever you want to do, and I'll buy it. But if the game is ready in the spring, uh, I cannot wait to play it. I am very, very excited to play Halo Infinite. But I do want to, again, move on to the next topic. Now, listen. And again, this is keeping Sony PlayStation 5 in the conversation. Uh, In a story that I pulled from comicbook.com, another place that I enjoy going and not only reading the article, but pulling for these shows, they are reporting that Metal Gear creator Hideo Kojima is not only working with Sony once again, but his involvement with Sony is to bring a huge PS5 exclusive back from the dead. And, of course, that is pun intended. And I'm talking about Silent Hills, potentially. Now, why this is a bit hard to swallow, at least for me, for someone who has been covering the Hideo Kojima situation since uh, the 2015 Game Awards, where he was literally ordered while under contract not to attend uh, Jeff Keeley's yearly event. And of course, Keeley was very emotional. I gave him a lot of credit for that. They are very good friends. Um, both uh, both uh, Kojima and Konami walked away uh, not even, they, they weren't frenemies. They, they were definitely uh, had a tremendous amount of hatred towards each other for obvious reasons. But what's interesting, and according to this report, is that supposedly, Both Kojima and Konami have mended their fences and their relationship. And in turn, Sony has stepped in to revive the former's canceled Silent Hills game, also and formerly known as P.T. Now, whatever the case, this new rumor is not new to me. I don't think it's any new to anybody here in the chat, more more so on the panel. We've been hearing about Silent Hill coming back in a big way from Konami for months now. Uh, we've also heard um, about other things potentially coming back. Uh, and, and this is what, again, this is what I praised Sony yesterday for, is bringing back older IPs in a new way. Uh, we, and again, we're going to go into this uh, more specific detail for Metal Gear Solid on Monday's primetime gaming. I got a story that I'm, I'm, I'm writing right now for that. Um, BitCloud, you and I have been uh, giddily waiting the announcement of Resistance remake, or whether that's a trilogy or just the first one. Uh, you know, and we'll bring you into the con- conversation yep. right away, uh, BitCloud. Uh, listen, I'm at, I'm at the point where exclusives don't matter to me simply because I support proudly support all consoles now i get i get it a lot of people don't like playstation a lot of people don't like xbox most people are like nintendo too kitty too kitty for me but i support all three all three brands so when a game comes out and it's specifically an exclusive i just go and i buy there's no questions asked i don't wait for a year of exclusivity or six i just go and buy it because i want to play the game Silent Hill is a franchise that has a long history of terror, and I think that uh, Kojima is a, is a, is a great storyteller. I think that eventually he wants to make his way to movies, which is which would work great. But I, I'm very interested to see his form of terror. 
uh, that he could bring to Silent Hill. What are your thoughts on this biggest and newest rumor for the collaboration between, I can't believe I'm saying this, Kojima and Konami, and of course, teaming up with Sony to bring the PlayStation 5 potentially a new horror title. I mean, when there's money on the table, Sony is known for legit going all out. Yes, they it. are. Indeed. So I do believe something is happening behind the scenes. Now, as far as it being Konami and Kojima patching things up, uh, well, we'll see because, you know, that was a big deal. You know, that was a big deal. It was. Yeah. They legit <laughs> killed his uh, baby with uh, Metal Gear. What was it? Survive is what it's called. Yes, like it was awful. Yeah, so I mean, we'll see. But as far as um, you know, way Sony's going about things, like um, if you play Demon Souls, you hear Rex from Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, you know what? I, I I couldn't tell you because I don't. I suck at that game. <laughs> I I didn't even get to the first boss. <laughs> yeah, so they're they're really doing everything. And again, even going back as Resistance, like Resistance was being like uh, teased left and right oh, before God, the yeah, PS Five even released. Like Insomniac legit released every single thing they could. They were even like giving you courses of old guns. Like, hey, do you guys remember the boomerang? Do you guys remember the auger? You just know it did this. And then as soon as the console launches, what do they do? They go quiet. I'm like. Hmm, it's a little, little awkward for you to go quiet now that the system is long. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I see this stuff definitely happening in the future, and I would not be surprised if this game is being made and this is going to be like one of those surprise announcements. Like, for example, uh, I think it was 2016 with the orchestra first. Yeah, it's like yes. 2016 mm -hmm. uh, with the orchestra for PS4. Remember how like everybody was talking about uh, Crash Bandicoot since the release of the PlayStation 4 back in 2013? Everybody was okay. Crash Bandicoot might happen this year. Might happen this year, and Sony kept teasing at it. You know, you had certain Sony executives wearing the T-shirt. You had mm -hmm. others um, websites showing off Crash. And then what happened at the orchestra? They finally revealed Crash. So it's like I do see something happening behind the scene, and it could very well happen very sooner than we think. So that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, and you know, if it does, it's great uh, because obviously, uh, I, again, I don't know if it's going to be uh, a revival of Silent Hills. Uh, I don't know if the Walking Dead star is going yeah. to make a reappearance in this game. I mean, well, they all work together well, so I could imagine. Yeah. He he and Hideo Kojima have a really good like good relationship. Like that's why he really is a big fan of Hideo Kojima. That's why he did you know the Death Stranding. He really just likes video games. Like Norman Reedus is an avid gamer, so I yeah, know he he's yeah. down to come back to play. Uh, you know or to come back and attempt to play the character that never even got off the ground at that time. So I'm pretty sure you would want to do that character. It just, the thing is though, right? There's so many games being made. And on top of all that horror games, I mean, <laughs> aside from the whole resident evil series, we have not had a lot a of out. Yeah. We haven't had a standout game since dead space. If you really think about it. Yeah, that's the truth. I, I'd love to see again, silent Hill, uh, you know, back in the days, there were a lot of folks that chose one or the other. Yep. Um, uh, it was, it, it, I mean, just just like the just like the the consoles. I, I play Resident Evil. You play Silent Hills. Boo exactly. for you. Oh, uh, you're, uh, but you're I, I, I I think <laughs> that with the revival of Resident Evil Two, or well, more so Resident Evil Seven, but the seeing seeing Resident Evil Two and Resident Evil Three remakes do so well for uh for Capcom. Uh, I think Konami has an opportunity, and again, I don't think they're ever going to be the Konami that I know and grew up with. But to to to, to let Sony 
uh, take the reins of an IP like Silent Hill and bring it back in a big way. I, I think that would be fantastic for the fan base. Uh, yeah, everybody wins. I mean, yeah, you got indeed. Uh, indeed, everybody wins. Yeah. Right, yeah. you got Resident Village. Everybody's hyped for that, and now you have something else to look forward to in the future. And plus, we haven't uh, heard anything about Dying Light Two now, have we, guys? Dying no. Light Two kind of went off the radar after they yeah. postponed it to the next gen. So, hey, listen yeah. again. Br- bring me a Silent Hill, and uh, you know, I think where everyone's going to enjoy it. Well, again, if you're not a horror fan, maybe not. Joe, let's let's go to you on this. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, you've reported. Uh, I, I don't know how long you've been podcasting, but the 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 Kojima and Konami situation was bad. Um, oh yeah. So 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 like Bitcloud had suggested, it, it is a bit of a sharp edged pill to swallow that they yeah. somehow have mended fences. Again, this is what the this is what the article is reporting. So I'm just verbatim talking about what what they said. Uh, do I believe it? I'm going to be honest with you. No, but Bitcloud did make a great point on when there's money on the table, specifically uh, Sony looking to get and lock in a massive exclusive like Silent Hill. They will somehow figure out a way to bring in someone like Kojima, let mm-hmm. him work on the game, pay off Konami to for use of the license, and everyone is happy. What What do you think? What do you think? What are your thoughts on this actually happening? Uh, if there's smoke, there's fire, man. We've 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 constantly heard Silent Hills uh, throughout this whole year. Even some industry folks going like, "It looks like it is. Uh, it looks like this this is a thing that's happening." Now, you know, we talked about this a bit on this week's trophy room. It's literally at this point, it's it's weird when you make a weekly podcast. The only it's the only portion of the show that's not outdated. But um, we had a really good conversation about you know, what the implications were and how you bring, uh, you know, Kojima and Konami together because it is a nasty breakup. Nasty enough that it was public. And, um, you know, how do you mend a fence? And if you're a creator, do you want to be stifled by, you know, doing a piece of work that you already did in the past that was kind of poo-pooed upon, right? Yes. So I very much think... Kojima after Death Stranding was like, okay, I got, I got the thing I wanted to do that would, that nobody would let me do out of the way, right? You can love, hate that game. It's weird as all heck. There's nothing well, like it. Yeah, there There's really isn't. Like and it. I'm going to tell you something. I just, yeah. just to speak on that point, Joe. Uh, and sure, I want sure, people sure, to understand sure. this. I, I was gifted that by my brother. Uh, mm-hmm. who put a ridiculous amount of time into it. I, I got yeah. like 50 hours into it. I wasn't oh, sure. I wasn't sure what I was. I'm close. I believe I'm close to beating it. So I definitely got to do that. But I will say mm-hmm. this. One of the most unique aspects of a single-player game for Sony is that it's a multiplayer game that you never see anybody. How many people mm-hmm. built bridges for me, left lines hanging down? Right. It's, it's, it's pretty incredible. I will have to it's say a- that. It's a it's a it's a triple A indie game, and that's a, that's the thing that's so unique about it. So like, as much as people want to like literally shit on that game, it's fine. But like, that's the thing he wanted to do, and uh, and he did it, and there was no compromises to it. And I think after that, he was very much looking at the next project, and probably the way I would like to think is Sony came up with him going, okay, so you're making this thing. Um, what if we could? 
get Silent Hills back. Would you be interested in, in making it? And you don't have to talk to Konami. You talk directly to us. Yes. Um, probably was more the way to go. I think Sony approached Konami going, hey, you're not using these IPs anymore. Do you want to make money and we just hand it, handle it for you? And they go, all right. So, like, you know, we hear constantly that Metal Gear Blue Point game. I would hate to say that that's not coming. Um, but like that's coming. You know, I've been I've been hearing about that for years, and I believe that that that's coming yeah, sooner than later. I mean, yeah. So like to me, I think that's that's definitely a thing happening. I definitely also hear th- th- rumors of, of of a Castlevania and and Silent Hill. So like you know, to these rumors, I don't think it's one hundred percent accurate. I think it's just vague enough for that person to take credit for. Um, but it's a safe bet at this point that, that you're going to at least see Silent Hills. I definitely think Konami has somewhat handed the reins over to Sony to handle their IP because let's be honest, guys, they can't do it. <laughs> and if you're Sony, you already own the movie rights to Metal Gear, so you probably want to make a really good experience so that people remember that walking into the movie experience. So, yeah, it just makes sense. Yeah, it, it absolutely does. And uh, again... It's it's something I'm expecting. Uh, Silent Hill again. The, the the working relationship between Konami and Kojima is probably there's nothing there, and I and I and it, it wouldn't surprise me if they never spoke again. And the way it, it blew up, it, it again wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Uh, but I I I am gonna say that it would be pretty awesome to get a new Silent Hill for sure. Uh, let you know let let let's bring in um Crispy Bomb to the conversation. Crispy again. You know, you you admittedly grew up playing PlayStation. It was your console of choice for for many many years, and Silent Hill has always been associated with the PlayStation brand for you. Uh, and I know you don't have a PS4 or a PS5 yet, but you're definitely thinking about getting into the mix. Would you like to see Silent Hill come back in a big way from Kojima? Well, I you know personally after his experiment. That, you know, unfortunately, even Sony admitted didn't do very well. And, you know, that's where we go and say, okay, you know, Kojima at first, what, what was he saying? He was going to start making movies or something. Yeah, like, he, he asked. He, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, so, you know, I think, you know, with everything that's happened, he probably uh, reeled back that idea for a period of time and said, hey, why not go back to an IP I know, you know? And whatever happened with uh, Konami, uh, you know, I'm not really uh, knowing too much about it. I'm sure you guys uh, have already reiterated what happened. But, uh, you know, I think Sony has the pull to be able to say, hey, uh, Konami, uh, yeah, let's let's work on this because, you know, we need a, a horror game that's, you know, comes back and it's a well-known franchise why not bring it back i mean this is playstation has so many at this point that they could really just you know pull the hat out and just go oh we're gonna do this one but uh you know it's just interesting that we keep hearing about these things but nobody wants to confirm anything it's quite funny actually and uh you know who knows maybe uh, the vgas you see something from it so uh, i'm interested in it and you know hopefully uh we find out more instead of just hearing rumors. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And, and, and again, I, the game awards are only six days away folks. Um, and I know a lot of people have been asking me if we're covering it. Um, here's the thing. I was going to do a post show uh, with uh, the game awards. 
It turns out, though, the Game Awards is four hours in length. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's it's from seven to eleven. Yeah, it's 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 a long show. I I don't know. How, I don't. I, I don't even. I wouldn't even know how to cover that. To be honest with you, because even if you did it live, who is going to sit in a podcast for four hours? I know it's easy to listen to, but <laughs> to do it, I, I'm still working out the the specifics. If I can get a panel that is willing to sit that long we, 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 we again we, 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 joe we'll talk we'll talk off the air and see if we can figure that out uh, i would love to do it i'd love to do a watch while it was going live but i don't know how it's going to be with commercials and things it, it just seems like it's going to potentially be messy i hope that it's not but if it was a two-hour show i was originally um talking about doing a post show which i normally do I, i'm gonna figure it out and i'll make an announcement later but i can see that being a great space for the announcement of the development of this game. Obviously, Keeley has a great love for PlayStation. He has a tremendous relationship and more so uh, friendship with Kojima. So it seems right. It, it seems like maybe, like Joe was saying, there's more smoke. Uh, and there's more fire where there is smoke for sure. Um, Dreadpool for you as someone that appreciates a good horror game, as someone that eventually wants to get, I don't know if you got your hands on a PlayStation five, just said, I think you said you're going to do it potentially next year for you. Would the PS five be even more attractive with an exclusive like silent Hill? Yes. I mean, <laughs> it's silent Hill. I mean, why not? You know, um, for, for, you know what I mean? It, for me not to have it now sucks. But, you know, uh, having it next year will, will be uh, just a boatload of games to sit there and try to, you know, clear out a backlog. Indeed, yeah. And then having a horror game, which which has a good reputation, that's that's icing on the cake, man. So, yeah, I, I can't wait. If, if this is – if they figure out how to get past their differences and actually have Kojima do it, I'm all about it. Let's, you know, let's see what they have. But well, I mean, we, 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 we got a small taste in PT, uh, which, again, for a demo, uh, was terrifying. Uh, and, and it was gorgeous to look at. Sure, it was only a couple of frames and one long hallway. But damn, that, 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 was, that was made by Kojima. Uh, and and uh, I think that we're going to get more terror than we're going to get horror. And I'm okay with that. Um, uh, but uh, I, I'm interested to see, and I, and I agree with you, if they could work past their differences. And, and I think uh, I think BitCloud actually said it perfectly. I think that with uh, money on the table, and Joe kind of alluded to this, where they just don't deal with Kojima. Uh, he, Kojima has literally no dealing with Konami and vice versa. And Sony becomes like the middleman. I think they can make it work. Oh, definitely. I mean... We need more horror games. We need. We absolutely do. Yeah. I'm sorry. Fear is a better game than Dead Space when it comes to horror. Oh okay. man, that's a tough one. But I see. I mean, point. that's a bad opinion. But can you No, I mean, think about it. <laughs> you're talking about psychological mind apps. Fear. It, it, the first two fears were were awesome. Even you know, as first person, as a first person shooter, right? As a mind f. Yeah. Okay. When you look at Dead Space, I don't see it as anything horror. Just to me, it's outer space. It's you know what I mean. When you look at certain movies, you know, 
it's in space. Yeah, it's got some scary elements, but it's an, it's a space movie. You know what I mean? But then you look at some of these other movies, they don't have to use space. They don't have to use this. The, the way that they put everything together messes with your mind. You know what I mean? I mean, but then again, you also have some people that look at um, what's that uh, movie with the cameras? Um, oh, um, the oh, paranormal, activity. paranormal activity. Yeah, paranormal yeah. activity. Some people are petrified from that movie, and I'm like, uh, no, that movie's no. not really scary. No, midsummer, midsummer. Never go, don't trust the Swedes or the Dutch or whatever those people were, because they will <laughs> kill you. <laughs> that movie freaked me out, man. Oh, my goodness. See, and, that, and that's, the, that's the thing. We, we, need a, we need more psychological horror. Mm-hmm. You know, jump scares are great, but, you, you know, once they grow old, they grow old. You know what I mean? Well, that's and, what I think made PT so great was, like, it was, it was, uh, Creepy. yeah atmospheric horror more than yeah. anything yeah yeah and and that's that's why i think silent hill would be great this time around i think that he would incorporate all that i think he's he's learned uh more you know for over the time passing tricks of the trade and you know i think kojima could pull it off i mean we've already like we've already talked about pt we've already you know we've seen the stuff that they've done you know yeah and where we're at now, you look at Resident Evil, where they're at now. I mean, look at what they did compared to what they were uh, before. You know what I mean? They were great back then, but there was a technical limitation. Now that those technical limitations are gone, look at how great these games look. Look at how they play. Do I like shooting 15 bullets into someone's skull? No, but that's part of the game. You know what I mean? And if that's part of the game when it comes to Silent Hill, I'm going to love it just the same. Yeah, no, I and I agree, and I think we can see some big things uh, from both uh, a new Silent Hill and, of course, Kajami, uh, 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 you know, Kojima leading the way, the same way he did when he went uh, Silent Hills was at the forefront of a PlayStation Four launch. Three uh, bit for you. Um, are you are? Do you believe the rumors that they've mended bridges? Uh, which again, I think everyone will agree they don't think so. But can Sony step in as the middleman and bring Silent Hills back from the dead? Um, well, I'll just start off with saying I'm a huge fan of Kojima and his work. I, I beat all the Metal Gears and, and grew up playing it on PlayStation One, and and his storytelling is is magical, and I would. I would love a, a Silent Hill or even a new Metal Gear Solid game, um, and uh, that 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 exclamation point sound still gets me to this day of scaring the heck out of me on on PlayStation One. So, I I, I know if this happens, um, it's not personal; it's all business. Me personally, I'm I'm extremely petty. If if I feel like if I've been wrong, you know the phrase is just business. Don't take it personally. Yeah, that does not apply to me. I've cut connections <laughs> with people if I feel like they're being shady. So if this is true, props to Kojima, man. I, I really, um, I, I feel really salty about the Konami situation because I hate when businesses take over creativity for the sake of profit. Having profit overtake the origins of what made the studio successful in the first place really bugs me. Um, 
they went from having amazing games and amazing IP to focusing their company on making pachinko machines. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. absolutely. So not only the, did Kojima have to deal with his game being cut short in Metal Gear Solid Five, he then had to see Silent Hill being canceled when he finally partnered up with Guillermo del Toro, who at that time um, had many projects canceled on him. Uh, at once, like Hellboy and, and Pacific Rim was all just canceled on him, and then PT on top of that. So, and he and then he he wasn't even allowed to attend his own award show at the VGAs for Metal Gear, um, just to give uh, some people context who who didn't know um, some of that stuff. So, Kojima on on top of that, all of that <laughs> had to see the travesty that was Metal Gear's survive uh, actually be made. So, um. That's just my pettiness of the, the whole situation because I'm a huge Metal Gear fan. And um, what makes the most sense to me that the panel brought up is if this rumor is true, um, it, it makes sense that Sony makes the deal on his behalf. That that makes the most sense to me, seeing as uh, Kojima does have his own studio now. Um, that is Kojima Productions. And... Um, and, and something that this sort of stands out to me, I'm wondering if Konami, and maybe the panel can answer this, I'm wondering if Konami would want the bad press of look at what we left behind and how much better Kojima is without us, if the game ends up being a huge success. Um, I'm really wondering if, if Konami is thinking about it in those terms or if they just don't care and, and it's just all about uh, the money at the end of it. Um, and to sort of fight uh, um, <laughs> on the comments about uh, Dead Space. I-, I got Dead Space from Blockbuster a long time ago uh, when Blockbuster was still relevant. And the same day, I also got Fear. I was only able to play Fear um, without being super scared. But the AI in Fear is, is super amazing. That- that's beside the point. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, it's, it's, Dead Space is better. Yeah, wow. Well, I, I I enjoy Dead Space. Uh, I, I listen I, again. I, it's it's a fantastic franchise, but Silent Hill needs to come back, and I think that uh, I'd love to see Sony do it. I'd love to see Kojima, you know, have his vision uh, re- revisited, and we could get something special uh, again. Well, like Joe said, where there is smoke, there is certainly fire, and I believe we're going to see this game announced at the Game Awards. That's just my one of my early picks, but I do want to move on to. Uh, one of the last topics of the show, and uh, you know, listen when you when you when you look at the Forza series, it has been considered to be the champ on both fronts when talking about real time simulation racing with motorsport and arcade type racing with Horizon. And in July, we got our first look at the next installment, simply titled Forza Motorsport, losing the traditional number, which should have been eight. Uh, many, including myself. Uh, thought that Motorsport 8 was a shoe-in for the Xbox Series X and S launch title. Sadly, though, that never transpired. Now, thanks to industry insider Jeffrey Grubb, who works for VentureBeat, he dropped a megaton suggesting that Forza Horizon 5 by Playground Games would release before Forza Motorsport, and that could release, that that release could hit in early 
2021. Now, on the Xbox Empire podcast with Donnie and Elaine, they were joined by Jeff Jeffrey Grubb, senior editor at Venture Beat. And during that show, he made a statement that sent shockwaves throughout the interwebs. And here is what Jeff had to say. A few months ago, they announced a new Forza Motorsport. But I think the new Forza Horizon will be released first. Its release may take place as early as next year. Now, he didn't reveal his source or how he came across this explosive news, though to say that a new Forza Horizon would release before Motorsport is music for my ears because I'm more of an arcade racer fan. Now, granted, I have purchased every Forza in history since its inception on the OG Xbox, and I do play them. I just prefer Horizon. Uh, but I am going to go first to a Crispy Bomb on this one. You know, either way, it's safe to assume that the Xbox Series X will have a proper Forza Racing title in the form of Horizon or Motorsport for 2021. The question is, is it going to be Horizon over Motorsport or do we potentially get mm. two in one year? What are your thoughts? Uh Personally, I'm a definitely a Horizon fan. You know, it, it's the arcade style. I, I'm not a big sim racer fan at this point. I, I guess I played so many over my lifetime that I kind of just got tired of it. And then, you know, I started started really enjoying, you know, Need for Speed and games like that. So, you know, it, I think it is probably true. Um you know, motorsport, I think they're really going to take their time with this game. They're going to try to make it the ultimate simulation. Um, almost feel like you're you're literally driving a real car. And, you know, the, with the power of the Series X, I, I definitely think they're going to try to showcase that as just this deep, immersive uh, racing experience that, you know, I'm sure many people are going to really enjoy, just not me. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just, well, I mean, you know, and it's one of those things. It's like, uh, you know, I drive every day to work. Like, I don't really want to do that in a video game. That's my thought process. Like, you know, it, it that's what, you know, those type of games feel like. Like, for me, like, they're just very... You know, like you have to be good at lines and all of these other things to to be really good at the game. And, you know, for me, I'd rather just go chase around sheep, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so. no, no, listen, I, I'm right there with you. I, I agree. I, I'd rather just be punching through signs and jumping over homes and houses and spinning out and using a warthog, for instance, to right, right, right around uh Horizon, you know, go from a blizzard to a, a summer scene. You know, I I, I prefer Horizon. That's I, I, and I'm right there with you. Even though I will play a simulation racer, and I believe that uh, that Forza Motorsport is going to see a huge transition from its normal, um, you know, way of of doing things. I think there's going to be more not not arcade. I think it's going to still retain the simulation that a lot of people know and love, but I also think that they're going to do things a little bit different uh, because they want to attract more people. Um, we did lose somebody here. I don't know if Joe stepped. Oh, okay, we'll, we'll come back to Joe in, in a mom momentarily. Uh, BitCloud, um, let's go to you uh, first on this. Um, or should I say next on this? You know, obviously, we did see at the Sony event that Gran Turismo is coming. We don't know when. I thought it was going to be a launch title. I think a lot of people did. And uh, Polyphony, they kind of drag their heels when it comes to these games. And that is probably why 
uh, Forza has become the go-to racer for many people. Uh, but for you, hearing Jeffrey Grubb talk about Horizon, are you surprised that we may see Horizon 5 before Motorsport 8? All right. Well, he might have stepped away. I, I might have missed the message. BitCloud, are you there, brother? Okay, so he stepped away. Uh, Dreadpool, why don't you take this question? Uh, for you, what are you? Are you a simulation racer or are you an arcade racer? Uh, I'm more of an arcade racer. Yeah, me but too. I do love a good sim. You know what I mean? So, uh, unfortunately, Jeff Grubb is like messing with my mind because <laughs> I, you know he, he's been spot on for for many times. You know what I mean? So when when you see an insider like that. Sorry, but he's an insider. Uh, yeah, no doubt. You know, uh, when he says something like that, you kind of have to put that in perspective. As far as I know, Forza, uh, the new Forza, no, no number, right, has or is playable right now. So that's what I'm hearing from the backs, you know, from, you know, the back alleys and stuff. Now, don't forget, they also use the Forza main game as the car assets for the horizon games. Yes. So I have to question how is that happening to bring uh, horizon five forward and pushing plain old Forza back? You know what I mean? So are they using the old assets from Forza seven? Is that what's going on? Or are they able to utilize some of the game features uh, or I'm sorry, assets from, forza yeah especially if it's supposedly you know not playable yet you know because they're going to push it forward how they have a lot there's see that's the funny thing when you when you look at the land versus the tracks there there's a lot of land that they're whatever they're putting in there for for the photorealism there's a lot of work going on there that's why they use the assets from forza so how is a track taking longer even if they're perfecting it, you know, and don't get me wrong. I want to see them polish both games. I want both games to look immaculate, even if it's on an OG one. Okay. Versus a, <laughs> a series S or an X. Okay. So don't get me wrong. I want to see the polish go across just like God of War did between the, the, uh, the PlayStation four and the PlayStation four pro. Okay. I want to see that polish. So even if you're on the, the lesser system that that polish looks good. Now, when you, when you look at the assets like that, what's, what are they taking and what are they missing? Right. And then you, like I said before, you're building tracks, you're building this, you're building that. And I know they're revamping a lot of their stuff. Now, now they have, uh, they're doing the, uh, the tire simulation or doing, yeah. simulation. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're doing all this wet weather, you know, so they're doing everything. So when you start the race, just like, you know, how many times we watch these, uh, Indy cars race, and all of a sudden, it starts raining, and then it goes back to dry again. And these cars are still running nonstop, like like nothing ever happened, you know. So I, you know that they want to put that stuff in there. They want to keep this stuff going with when it comes to simulation. And, and you know, a lot of these race car drivers are using Forza. Uh, they were using Gran Turismo before for, for for some simulation, but they they've been using a lot more of Forza because of the tire simulation because not you know the car and they're able to push these cars faster than they normally would because obviously there's no risk and fear you can push but they're using that as training so when you're doing stuff like this 
and yet you want to build a whole world. So, I mean, what, what features are you not bringing over? What assets are not coming over from the original one? You know, and yet again, where are they picking it from? Are they going to get the old Forza uh, 7 or is it the new Forza that's coming out? That's that's a great point. I don't know. I, I would imagine that whatever they're going to use, it's going to be incredible. And I, I cannot wait. Personally, I think that um, uh, Forza Motorsport 7 looked fantastic. I think they upped the ante with uh, Horizon 4. And I think that it's safe to assume that they're going to uh, bring it even further. So I don't know which one is going to hit first. I don't know if we're going to get two in one year or I don't know if we're going to get back to back years. That would be pretty interesting. Uh, but you know what? Let, let's uh, let's get over to three um, bit. Three bit for you, uh, knowing the development aspect behind the scene. Does it seem logical that we could see Horizon Five before Motorsport? Yeah, um, it, it makes sense to me. Um, and I, I love I love arcade racing games. <laughs> and, and to answer that that previous question. Um, one of my first racing games was Outrun on the Sega arcade game oh, and uh, Crazy Taxi and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I think it's possible. Um, and um, I really want to see these studios take advantage of this hardware. And if any game is going to really benefit from the specifications of next-gen hardware, it's it's going to be Forza Horizon because... Bigger CPUs and, and GPUs this time around, um, and they're always beneficial for open world type games. And the Forza Horizon series is pretty open in its environments, like you were saying. And uh, I'd love to see them push for uh, uh, more simulation uh, in terms of the damage and even the wheels. And that would be pretty sweet. And I believe why uh, Forza, in, in comparison to Horizon, might be taking slightly longer is because motorsports goal in realism um, compared to horizon and also it's it's probably because they are improving the forza tech engine and i think it's i think it's safe to say that that turn 10 and, and playground really mastered the racing game genre over time and if yeah, there's anything to to say uh, about that studio is how well they optimize their graphical fidelity and to sort of put the spec side of, of things we we know the series x has more computational units for ray tracing we know that the power is there with its big gpu and cpu count um and we know with rdna2 the system comes with machine learning which helps its older games have auto hdr and i think people are really underestimating uh some of the engineering features that is possible for these next forza games um that that could be in there um like hardware accelerated machine learning, which can lead to NPC and, and AI intelligence, which which means the AI uh, that you're racing um, can get smarter and learning from your behaviors, which we kind of seen in some of the Forza games already. Um, and not to mention that's just the hardware aspect. There's also the additional cloud software learning, which to me is the future. A lot of people wonder why a lot of games can't do water for online games like Sea of Thieves. Um, well, for the most part, Sea of Thieves is using cloud computing for shared waves um, for several servers and and, and uh, textures. And that's just getting into <laughs> my, my development side of things. But I, I do think that 
Forza Horizon is going to be first. And Jeff Grubb, like he was saying, is is kind of always right about things. And um, I, I think what they could do in 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 this way is use Forza Horizon as um, as the benchmark for the Forza game. Uh, it's just called Forza, I believe, right? Yeah, for, Forza Motorsport, yes. Yeah, so I, I'm guessing they could use Forza Horizon to really showcase their new Forza Tech engine, um, seeing as it's really open-ended environments, and then they could also scale it down for the Forza game as the environments are, are not as massive or, or not as big. Um, I could see them doing that uh, production pipeline uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, all these... The the new new Forza games have always been a benchmark for for um, what to expect um, for what the system's capabilities are. Like people look to to racing games to see like oh what is what can the system do at least in the past right. So I think um, if anything these games why it's it's taking longer than usual because I think the Forza Horizon games used to be yearly almost. Well, they, they, well, yeah, they they went, went they went back and forth. It was it, yeah. was it was every two years per per team. So when you had Horizon come out the following year, it was Motorsport, and the following year after that was Horizon, and vice versa. Yeah, so I think uh, why it, it, they're possibly taking longer is because they're they're for sure uh, taking advantage of that next gen hardware, and um, using Forza Horizon as a benchmark is is what I would do. So I, I think that's uh <laughs> probably what they're going to end up doing. Yeah, and I and I agree with you there. I absolutely agree. Well, listen, we we lost Bitcloud. Uh, yeah, Bitcloud and Mr. Badbit. I'm not sure exactly what happened, but I do want to say this uh before we get out of here, uh I do have a, a super chat from our very good friend of the show, Dan the Man Cunningham. He drops an outstanding $5 Super Chat. And he says, as horrible as 2020 has been, at least I'll get burned down by Cyberpunk. Yeah, Cyberpunk, six days away, dude. I can't freaking wait. Uh, I don't know how much of the game I'm going to play. I'm going to try it out. Um, but I don't know because I'm just in the middle of Watch Dogs. I'm in the middle of Assassin's Creed. And now, of course, Immortals, Phoenix Rising. And then, of course, you throw into the mix um cyberpunk jesus christmas there's just not enough time in a day there just really isn't and i i'm not a person that goes from game to game like that i gotta really invest so i can enjoy the character the story the lore but more so the control um but listen this has been a great show uh we got to all four topics which is unusual but we did and let's get to the outros and obviously i'm going to do the outros for both mr bad bit and bitcloud bitcloud gaming uh he uh you know uh that he has a show that goes live at 5 p.m eastern standard time on friday afternoons uh, i do I uh, want to suggest you go over there and you check it out. Uh, it's a great show. Uh, he's closing in on 10,000 subs. That is the mecca for many YouTubers. Hopefully, I will hit that number next year as we close in on 8,000. I don't know if I'm going to hit 8,000 by the end of 2020, but I'm certainly going to give it the old college effort. Um, and, of course, uh, Mr. Bad Bit, uh, he has something called the Trophy Room. It is a very, very 
positive PlayStation um, a show that he does weekly with his best friend Kyle. And it's another one that I highly support and uh, would s- certainly say give these two guys a listen. I think you're going to like what you hear. And, of course, we'll do the outros for the panel members that remain. And we'll start with Dreadpool. Dreadpool, thank you so much for being here, brother. Super appreciate it. Why don't you tell people about breaking bread with dread and what you got going on in social media all right first things first breaking bread with dread right um we get together i I meet up with the personality and we eat and we record it live and you can find that on anchor.fm slash dreadpool uh it's also in my social media so if you look at twitter it's dreadpool the o's are zeros youtube gamertag and stadia dreadpool all letters all caps one word and then you can find me every Wednesday night, Gaming Beyond the Box at 8 p.m. Eastern. Breakfast with Boom right here every every Friday morning at 10 a.m. And then I have a interview today with Italian Clowns and the Four Guys with Quarters. So come back and check that out with us today. My DMs are always open. This is the, the time of year that everybody feels down for. Uh, and this has been one of those years, right? So if you want to talk, I'll listen. I may not know what to say, but at least you can have somebody to talk to and, and have, you know, provide an ear for you, provide an outlet. Hopefully um, we don't have any um, bad things come out instead. You know, maybe we can provide some positivity somehow and, and get by through the uh, the season. So that being said, thank you all. appreciate you guys. Thanks, Boom. Yeah, no problem, brother. Well, thank you for being here as always. Definitely appreciate that. Crispy Bomb, let's go to you, brother. You have been uh, very busy. Not only are you on this show, you're on a few others. Why don't you tell, talk about those and where can people reach out to you on social media? Always a pleasure, gentlemen, and chat. Uh, it was very interesting conversations today. Loved it. Uh, at Crispy Bomb on Twitter, Crispy Bomb 28 Xbox Live. Hit me up. Yes, I do play games. <laughs> uh, yeah, Retro Renegade, 7 p.m. Tuesday night. Uh, Thursday night, 7 p.m. next podcast. And, of course, I'll be here 10 a.m. Fridays on Breakfast with Boo. Well, thank you so much for being here, brother. Super appreciate it, as always. And last and no way least, our award-winning artist uh, known as 3-Bit. Dude, thank you so much for hitting me up last night to join today's uh, podcast. Hopefully you did enjoy yourself. Tell everyone about where they can reach out to you on social media. But more importantly, check out your outstanding YouTube channel. Yeah, everyone can follow me on uh, YouTube. It's the Video Games HD, and then on Twitter, it's the VGHD. You guys can um, watch me on um, the Xbox Back There podcast, and then um, I do that show with Boom. And this is my first appearance with the Breakfast, and I really enjoyed it. So thank you guys um, for having me, and uh, I hope to see you guys on the next episode. Yeah, well, thank you again for being here, brother. And, of course, I want to close out the show with something that's important to me. And hopefully one day it will actually be important to you. And, um, obviously, um, it's something that my dad taught me. I, I Like I said, I think it's more important now than ever with the world being the way it is. And he used to say, son, treat others how you want to be treated. And also, it doesn't cost anything to be nice. You live by those rules, and I can guarantee you, you're going to have an awesome day. So take care, everyone, and we'll see you next week on the newest episode of Breakfast with Boone.